0: Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them, it's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. My name is Dr. Shayla D. Williams, and my next guest has a mission to help busy professional women shift their mindsets and find fulfillment. Sua Rosa is a mental health and wellness coach who gives women the tools they need to manage their inner critic and put a stop to self-sabotaging behaviors. I can't wait to hear that one. Providing her clients with a compassionate, safe space to really open up. Sue encourages introspection and helps her clients to start living the lives they were always meant to live. So welcome to the show, Sue.
1: Hi, Shayla. Thank you ever so much for having me on your show. Thank you.
0: Yes. Let's get right to it. Mindset. It seems like people are saying mindset this, mindset this, and it almost seems like it's a cliche topic. So can you explain why it's actually more important now than ever to address it?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think unless we start looking at at how how we think and how we perceive the world and ourselves, unless we do that, then we're running what we might call um unconsciously we're kind of living unconsciously if we don't really get to grips with um, what we think what we believe and where all those thoughts and beliefs are coming from and to do that you know we need to question our beliefs and thinking because uh yeah as I say otherwise we were not really in control properly of our lives and I think particularly now as you say during lockdown, when there's a lot of anxiety around, it's particularly mm-hmm. beneficial, I think, to start um, to start really looking at um, how we function, because it's certainly been challenging and uh, a struggle for many, many people. And if you already had anxiety, you know, this would have it would even have, have been much more of a, a stressful time for those people. Yeah, um, so I just think it's about um, really the more that we can kind of get to know ourselves and, and uh, how we see ourselves and what our beliefs are, as I say, um, the more we can do that, the more control ultimately we can have about the choices that we make in our lives and therefore how our lives can pan out.
0: Yeah. So I like to keep these episodes evergreen, but like you say, what's happening now with the lockdown, because we're yeah. still in it yeah. and I think it needs to be addressed. So you've been working with clients. Have you found that clients who are coming to you now seem to have a different set of issues than say before all this stuff happened?
1: Yes. I think what what's happened is that they have the issues are still there, but they seem to take on a different meaning in a way you know it's like they were already having to struggle with anxiety and negative thinking and now it seems to have because of the situation you know that they're in um, it's kind of exacerbated all of those um, problems for them so in fact that if they had anxiety you know they have it even they've had it even more now for example um, and it's particularly difficult, you know, because they may be living on their own as well, or living with people that they don't particularly get on with. And so, yeah, we are really are dealing with a different set of issues on, ov- you know, on top of what was already existing. Yeah, for sure.
0: Talking about self-sabotaging behaviors, because, uh, well, be- actually, before I move on from that, uh, going back to what you were saying, that when we're in this situation, you know, there's really nowhere to go, nothing to do. And so basically whatever's there gets amplified. Yes. Is is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. So the self-sabotaging behaviors, you know, we all have different paths and I'm pretty sure our stories are different, but are there any patterns when you're looking at this, like where did the self-sabotage come from?
1: Mm -hmm. So yes, self-sabotage is such a common thing. I think probably all of us have that to a degree, you know, to a lesser or greater degree. Where do they come from? They come. Well, my belief is that they come from early, our uh, early formative years, from childhood. As children, we kind of absorb the messages from our parents, our caregivers, you know, the people around us. Um, and they say that from uh, from that uh, by the age of four, that we already have formed um, an idea of how the world is and um, ha- and who we are in the world, as it were. And other theorists say that the age is seven, but, but what we can safely say is that at least that it, children already start to develop ideas and beliefs about the world. And so we move into adulthood already having unconscious ways of thinking about ourselves and about others. So, for example, if as a child you were taught that actually in order to feel, to be loved and accepted in the family, you had to be really good at everything. You had to be perfect. Otherwise, the child will take that as them not being a good enough person at a very mm-hmm. primal level. And so that goes through right through to child, to adulthood and could turn into a driver. That means that as an adult, you have to be, for example, perfect at everything. And if you don't, you feel really bad about yourself. And so striving towards perfection or perfectionism is in itself, therefore, self-sabotaging behavior. Does that make sense? So uh, I guess uh, wanting to be perfect, which is an impossibility in a way, it is a way of holding you back because a lot of people don't go for their dreams or their goals because they think that it will never that what they do will never be good enough they won't be perfect at writing the book or at doing whatever it is creating a piece of art or whatever or even going for an interview because um, it would have to be so perfect and if they don't believe that fundamentally that they're good enough then perhaps they don't do the piece of work they don't go for the interview etc and so they self-sabotage. But self-sabotage, you know, it can come in lots of guises. It, we might comfort eat to, you know, or we might be addicted to certain things or procrastinate, and that's a, a good one as well. That's quite a common one. And I know that for myself, I have to say. So, yeah, I think ultimately it's um, it goes back to really a lack, lack of perhaps self-belief. It could be a fear of success, a fear, fear of failure, lots of different kind of things that are being played out as adults.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say this. It's like mm. you broke into my house and read my diary. <laughs> <laughs> everything you just said. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: I can understand the fear of failure, but why yes. the fear of
1: success? Exactly. You, you would think so, wouldn't you? But absolutely, it's that. F- sometimes there is that kind of fear of success that, if I am to succeed, what might that mean? That I would have to kind of maintain that level of talent or skill. And perhaps if they don't feel that they're actually good enough, they might believe that that won't be possible, that it was a fluke that they got the job or that if I succeed, oh, my God, you know, will I be able to keep this up? Was it a mistake that they got me to do this or that? And maybe I'm a fake. And then there's the imposter syndrome that can come along yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you beat me to it. I was just about to say. Yeah. All right. So we're on the same wavelengths here. <laughs> I, I like it. OK, so your advice uh, mm. for dealing with people who feel like oh, I'm just different from everyone else or maybe, uh, you know, go back to that imposter syndrome. Mm. Why do we feel that way? Like somehow we're the only person on earth to think what we think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we do think that about ourselves that we are sometimes that we're caught up in this and everybody out there seems to be so normal inverted commas you know and they've all got it sussed and I guess it's only until we start maybe the therapeutic process or at least start to look inside of ourselves a bit more deeply that we realize that actually is it true is it true that it's only me could it be that actually other people outside of me also have those similar experiences and might be thinking you know have their own stories as well and might be thinking the same about themselves as I am thinking about myself how could it be that I'm so different sometimes we need to hear it from somebody else you know how come you were born different to everyone else <laughs> you know right And true <laughs> perhaps you're just normal in your reactions you know and it's understandable Okay. You have this
0: program. It's, it's like a three-month program, correct? Yeah. You focus on this four main areas, mindset, mindfulness, movement, maintenance of new habits. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning that I'm your new client. What's your process for helping me? And after that, could you give us some success
1: stories? absolutely it's um so what i would be looking at doing is that uh, we would have it's the 3 month um program is is a group coaching program but i would do face to face as as well it would be, uh, i do face to face too as well as group calls together and part of the program is videos explaining all about the process of anxiety negative thinking what it is why the brain functions in that way and then I start to get clients to look at what their own beliefs are about themselves, about the world, about other people, and to start taking them through that process of starting to dig deep to look at where, how they got to be who they are today. So we do do some work around childhood stuff and beliefs, and to start getting people into the mindset of really questioning their beliefs, their, the, conditions that they developed as children in order to feel loved and accepted you know those are the shoulds if you like what what are your shoulds that are kind of ruling you right now you know so I should be this I should be that where do those shoulds come from so we take a really good Deep look at all of that so that we can set the foundations for the rest of the work. So that's all kind of mindset stuff. Also, I I would say fundamental to all my work is to get clients to develop a sense of self love and self compassion, which can Mm -hmm. be, you know, quite a journey in itself. But in terms of coaching, I think that unless you can look at all of those blocks and self-sabotaging blocks. Unless you look at those, they're just going to keep reappearing down the line. Um, So it's a case of really honing down into the, the basics, the fundamentals of what made you function the way you do. And let's look at that, let's question it, let's turn it around to start thinking differently. And with that comes mindfulness. So that's in order to kind of relax ourselves enough so that we can start to heal. I don't want to sound too woo-woo about that, but there is, a, you know, a lot of research mm-hmm. that suggests that when we relax, like, relax, the nervous system then the body can relax and the mind can relax and, you know, we release all these hormones. And in that state, it's harder to feel anxious. So there's a kind of offering of a a routine here for the clients to start getting into a routine of giving them the tools to help relax themselves so that they can um, manage their anxiety, at least, as part of the overall kind of healing. So that's Mm -hmm. really important. And I showed them how to do that through guided visualizations and also eft which is a is an emotional freedom technique so it's the tapping technique I don't know if you've come across that that's using the, the the energy systems the meridian systems in the body and that you tap on in order to relax the system so that's something else i teach on the program and movement as well i'm, I'm also a yoga teacher so I really believe strongly that, you know, through movement, we can begin to shift as well externally as well as internally. And that's massively helpful for mood as well as for mindset. And so I teach really slow, mindful movement as well, which helps on many, many levels and is easy to do. You know, anybody can do it as well. So that's great for chronic pain as well. And then the last part of the program is how to maintain healthy habits basically again through developing an attitude and a mindset around routines and a goal setting we do kind of vision boarding as well to look into the future as it were okay so that's a three-month three-month program told in five minutes or however long that was <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of support and encouragement along the way um and sense of community as well
0: Okay, yeah. uh, as you were saying that you mentioned self love, yeah. and I got, and I'm thinking about self sabotaging behavior. Mm. Do you think a lot of the self loathing comes from the fact that you know I, I want to do better, but I can't, and it's just like this endless cycle, yeah. putting myself down, sabotaging, putting myself down, you know, yeah, things like yeah.
1: that. Exactly, it can become what they call like your racket. You know, they in transactional analysis, which is therapy approach. They talk about that as this is your racket. It's the thing that you tell yourself. You run your life by that mantra. It's just a mantra, isn't it? That somehow you decided along the way that you were no good and not worthy and it becomes your thing. So that if that's your default, then that's very hard to make any changes when when your mind is is sabotaging you in that way and telling you that you're no good so there's something about how can we make this different how can we change how can we get you to change to believe that actually change is possible it's almost like we're trying to train the mind you know we're mm-hmm. retraining the mind but that takes work. It takes a degree of self-belief, ironically, <laughs> to be able right. to go. You know, there has to be that part, that even a small part of a person of, that that b- does believe that change is possible. And then we, this is the seed, if you like, that, that needs to be nurtured continually. I like to call it like a drip feed, you know, that you have to place routines and affirmations, something that you put into your life every single day. That is giving, sending the message to your brain and to your body that it actually is worth it in some way, even though you don't quite believe it. So it's a, I tell clients that they are, the project is themselves. They are the project that they're going to be working on. And so it, with this project, there's work involved and it has to be daily as well, but not to berate themselves if they don't get the work done. Right. It, it's about, understanding why they're self-sabotaging, sending love to that part of you. And it is a process. But yeah, there has to be that degree of commitment, but through encouragement and support. I've seen it happen time and time again that people change. It's not overnight, but it's that drip feed that, um, okay, start to notice things about yourself when you did that particular behavior or when you thought that particular thought, what was going on for you, what was going on for you in your body. So I like to work with the body and bring that in as well. So where are you feeling something right now as we are speaking? Well, I might be feeling a tightness in my chest. Okay. So, okay, put your hand on your chest, for example, you know, and and take a breath. What might your chest be telling you right now? This might sound a bit wacky, but, (laughs) but actually it can be really, it could be really, really powerful work. Or we might put, yeah, we might put aspects... Of yourself onto a chair and have a conversation with it that really does sound wacky now but <laughs> that's the kind of um what they, they do in in gestalt therapy where it's just externalizing so it's kind of getting something out of your head and either writing it down speaking it out actually having a conversation with that part of yourself that loathes itself and talking to it compassionately and then maybe becoming that part and talking back at you. And it's a really good way of getting to know yourself, getting to know your unconscious better to begin to empathize with those parts of yourself. What
0: steps can people take like right now mm-hmm. to fix their life? Okay. It, okay, I'm in lockdown. I'm I'm anxious. What do I need to do right now?
1: Okay. Take a breath. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the very first thing. Take a breath and keep breathing. And uh, I would Reach out, and I I suspect that most people are doing this anyway right now. But um, that you are not alone, even if you are physically alone, you are not alone. That other people are, you know, will be experiencing the same as you, and that it would be could be really, really helpful for you to reach out to a friend or somebody you can trust in the family, and to have start trying to have real conversations with these people about what's going on for you and your experience, rather than keeping it bottled up inside there are maybe forums online start to if anxiety is a problem there are online apps now that have guided visualizations on there so that at night before you go to sleep you might want to play some of those to help you relax yeah reach out because you're not alone and if you can learn some basic relaxation techniques Online, there's a lot of stuff out there now on how to breathe in order to regulate your um, anxiety, to bring it down the anxiety levels. So breathing, mm-hmm. reaching out, writing things down or typing them, uh, how you are feeling and what you're thinking, that kind of thing is really important. I would say those okay. two things.
0: All right. So as we're winding down, I want to ask this question before I forget. I've seen pictures of you with the Boa
1: constrictor. Oh, Can you yeah. explain to me what was going on with that? It's a good question. I wish I knew. <laughs> well what it was. Um what it was, um, it was a couple of years ago and I was um, giving a talk. I was invited to to give a talk. It was about our relationship to change, and it was at the expo, the best you expo in London. I had a stall as well and for my coaching business and I was preparing myself to go into this talk. I was a bit nervous, fair to say. And so I just thought, well I'll just wander around all the other people's stores and just breathe and take it all in and try and calm down. <laughs> and I came across, as you do, came across this stall that had <laughs> a couple of boas in this big box and people were I was going to say trying it on. They were putting this snake around themselves, and they were being guided by um, these coaches who were saying, you know, there was nothing, these are safe, these snakes are safe, why don't you put it around your neck, see what it feels like, and I think the idea behind it was, you know, to face your fear, feel the fear, and do it anyway if I may quote that famous quote, because I think I was already in a heightened state (laughs) of my own anxiety. Yeah, I was kind of up for having different experiences, I think, that day. And I was, was, yeah, I was in a good place. So I thought, okay, well, you know, actually, this might be really, you know, good experience. And I could have a photo taken, which would be really cool to put on my Facebook group, hey, guys, you know, so there's all that going on. So, yeah. Was I scared? Yes. <laughs> and and so it was a real lesson, you know, in kind of trusting, placing your trust in a complete stranger that this animal that could kill you was actually safe. So would I have done that if I hadn't been in such a heightened state? Perhaps I'd thought a bit, thought twice about it. I'm not sure. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was really, I quite enjoyed it, weirdly. So that's okay, that. just
0: put a strict on your shoulder. All yeah. right.
1: <laughs> Don't try it at home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, Sue. So where can uh, people find you? And if they need to want to reach out to you.
1: Okay. So yes, I have a website, which is Sue Arosa. So Sue, So that's S U O R O S A.com. And you can email me through there, have a look around my website. And I'm also on Facebook. So I have a Facebook page, which is just Sue O'Rosa. Or and I also have a group, which is a Facebook group, the Personal Growth Hub. So if you're wanting to do some more personal development, then come, please come and join us there. It's a private group. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different things in there, tips and advice and tools and sharing. Yeah. Come along. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, Sue, and for those of you uh, didn't catch it, it's S-U, yeah. not S-U-E. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to give you the last word, any wisdom that you would like to leave
1: behind for my audience. Okay. So a couple of things. I strongly believe that, that change is possible. So because I witness it every day and I have done for many years that people can change. Also that you are worth it. You are worth it.